For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. It is Saturday. Happy February the 3rd. Yes, you've made it past Groundhog Day. Do you know that for sure? Well, yes, okay. it is February 3rd as far as I can tell. But is it different? I'm not reliving yesterday because okay. I'm not at the day job today. Oh, that's so true, that's true. If it is the same day, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and they've cleared uh, some programming for us here on a Friday then, but it is Saturday, we yes, promise you. Mr. Phil did not see his his uh, shadow. So, But I'll tell you this, locally, even if he had, if this is winter, most of us Bring would be on. pretty okay yeah. with six more weeks of this. Yeah, no, it's pretty nice out. I uh, mean, Mom said the other day, she goes... You know, winter's not quite as bad as I remember. That's because this is the first time you've been back. You should have seen it last year. <laughs> I was going to say, that has nothing to do with age or memory or, you know, recency of being in the area. None of us remember a winter like this. Right. 100%. 100% closest one is 1997 when we first moved up here. And the day after Christmas, it went bonkers. So before then, it was wonderful all because we had to get a, our basement fixed. And they didn't think they were going to be able to get to it. Right, uh, and they had to lift the house up and the whole thing because we had one of those Duluth walls that wow. was halfway. Lift with your knees, in. not with your back. Right, and so we didn't think it was going to get done till spring. Well, shoot, it was done by the twentieth of December because it was nice out. Well, you mentioned spring, and again, Punxsutawney Phil not seeing his shadow is supposedly a sign of an early spring. We already had it. I think it was earlier this week. Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent correct. And I want you to know that I just said Mr. Phil because there wasn't a chance. That you were like going to get punctured on it. I had no chance. I can't even guarantee you that how, I did. I think I got close. That's self-awareness, Brian. You're just going to leave it for <laughs> me, right? We'll let him try it. Hung me out to dry. Hopefully uh, I did all right. But the interesting part, too, is the Minnesota sports fan in me kind of trickles down to the Minnesota weather guy in me, too, because, you know, as a Minnesota sports guy, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Tell me there's not part of you, because there's certainly a big part of me that says, well, wait a minute, we've had spring-like conditions in January and February, so it's been an early spring. What if we get a late winter? I'm waiting oh, yeah. for I'm 100%. waiting for May and June to look the way that November and December should have. Here, I thought you were going to say the two Minnesota winter sports teams are reflecting winter. Well, that too. One is like, oh, this is so nice. When's the snow going to come? And the other one is like, oh yeah, it snows all winter. Winter stinks. That's, right. That's like our two teams. One is like really cool right now, and we're just waiting. And the other one is like, yeah, that's that's bad. We just. We yeah. just live with that. I'm just waiting for because, you know, the Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon and different things have been postponed. You know, the great skate at Portman, it was difficult because it wasn't wintry enough. I'm just waiting for Murphy's Law and Shane Bauer. Please don't listen to this if you are. But I'm waiting for grandmas to get snowed out instead. Right. The uh, the marathon will be a marathon. It'll be a cross-country ski marathon. That's right. the one. Yeah. Or bring your dogs. It will be the grandma's <laughs> sled dog marathon for the yeah. first time. Grandma Bear Grease. Absolutely. That would be interesting. But again, as far as we can tell, it is February 3rd. It is our first show of February. But congratulations. We made it beyond Groundhog Day. But the good news, Groundhog Day-esque, is our sponsors keep coming back. Yeah, you know, that is, you're right about that, Brian. I mean, it's the fact that every Saturday our sponsors are still here is kind of the plus of Groundhog Day, right? right? And let's start with the Groundhog Day for the entire entity of our, of our uh, show, and that's Aurora Architecture Studio. 
Like they have been, you know, pushing us along even when it was frustrating or when COVID hit. You know, Ryan and his crew were still like, you know what, we we have faith in you. You can do this, and every week we were able to do it. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Kraus Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, another. Uh, Groundhog's Day when it comes to what do you do in Duluth when you need pizza, right? I was going to say, you're talking about repeat business. They're getting plenty from everybody up here. The Blackwoods Group, including locations on London Road in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater Downtown, and Tavern on the Hill, where I was just there on Thursday. Nice. Yeah, we had a, had a, uh, had a nice little business meeting. It was like, where should we go? Let's go to Tavern. So we, were, we had a nice little corner. Who got to suggest the meeting location? Because I'm guessing if Tavern won out, there's lots of people that would, but you were probably the ringleader. Yeah, there, there may have been some... Some influence. Uh, yes. Some, some Dave influence. Cookism to that. There you are. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart, Spike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, uh, Comfort Systems, and Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance. We had another conversation at work about the fact that Comfort Systems advertises with us and how nice that is because it, if you're in Duluth, you need to be on Comfort Systems. Right. Right. And so if you're not, you haven't been here long. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, we're going to fish in this really small pond for those because the big pond's already fished out. We got them. Let's continue to go after this group. And we're very proud that they're willing to do that on our show. We are. We're very proud of all of our sponsors. Thank you for being here with the longevity that you've shown with us. Again, that is Groundhog Day esque. And I probably should kind of clue people in because somebody's out there saying, wait a minute, what does all this repetitiveness have to do with Groundhog Day? If you haven't seen the Bill Murray movie, you probably have no idea. Oh, yeah. Now, I have. It's one of my favorites. What about you? Yeah, if you if you haven't seen Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, it's one of those movies that you should go back and watch. So my son-in-law didn't watch a lot of movies, right? Okay. So like, we watched Die Hard with him on Christmas. Your favorite Christmas movie? For the first time. He'd never seen Die Hard. Wow. So like, we've got this whole list. Does he know that, who Bruce Willis is? And Groundhog Day is on the list because you got to see it more than once, right? Right. And so, yeah, that's one of those must-watch. That would be a really interesting list to have. Maybe I should change one of my questions to uh, to Dave here. What's the one movie that you think everybody should should see in their lives? Groundhog Day is probably on it. Scrooge is probably on that list somewhere. I was going to say, Bill, Bill Murray. Murray actually has some pretty good classics if you think about it. Yeah, you could do Stripes. That's not for everybody, but it is kind of funny. Although, if you go Stripes, I'd probably morph into John Candy movies, and I go off on a whole different tangent after that. Right. Well, maybe which there's is quite list. a list of those too. Yeah, there we are. I feel like we got segments, kind of on-air production meetings. There, we could pick an actor and name your favorite movie. We could do that for months. Yeah, we could do Chris Farley list. We could too there, short. Is I, all I'm going to say. I watched something the other day. It was on one of the my court shows that I like to watch. So it was they were charging this guy with grand theft auto. Right, he was in trial for. So it. he's a gamer. The oh, guy, wait. The, the actual guy charge. who owned the truck. T O M A S B O I. Thomas, Thomas Boy. Boy. <laughs> Named after Tommy Boy? Was that, that was, was that legit, the premise of his birth certificate? Legit name. And I was like, nah. Oh boy. What parent does that to their kid, right? The last name Boy. You know what we should name him? Thomas. Tommy. Gosh. Yeah, why not? Do you think he goes by no Tommy? Wonder he's, no wonder his guys are getting stolen or his guys are stealing from him. Do you think he went to college for eight years? Oh, yes, I do, actually. Do you think he went to college at all if he was on your court well, show? Well, maybe. Different story altogether. But again, the premise of Groundhog Day, if you're just tuning in, is Bill Murray basically is there to cover the groundhog on Groundhog Day. And the movie goes on and on, and he thinks each day is going to be a new one, and each day is Groundhog Day replayed. That's why we're congratulating everybody that you've reached February 3rd. Today is a new day. No returning to February 2nd of 2024. But we're going to talk about returns today because there have been some sports careers with a wrinkle of Groundhog Day to them. Yeah, 100%. Those guys that, 
you know, left for one reason or another, and then you turn around and they're back. Sometimes for the positive, sometimes for the negative, sometimes it leaves an indelible mark in your sports memories. Like KG coming back does right. for me. Do you want to start there? Because I, think we may as I know well. you always talk about that makes the hair stand up for you. Yeah, that's... And he doesn't have much hair, so that's quite that's, telling. That's saying something, right? right? Yeah, no, when uh, when KG was traded, it was it was really a down moment in Minnesota sports because he was kind of our guy, right? He grew up with us. He came in as an 18-year-old. You know, he, he'd never disappointed. And when we traded him, it was like an end of an era. Right. And so we had this new group. We had Carl Anthony Towns was our new guy. We were going to make hay here. And they did... Uh, they did the thing, Flip did the thing that you never thought would happen, and that was bring back KG. And my goodness gracious, the intro that they gave KG right. on his first game back. I mean, he was a shell of himself, but the principle was what it was. It was, yeah, the bring back moment was the moment, right? Right. And then to have him put his arm around Carl Anthony Towns, it's really too bad they couldn't keep him around and forgot about Jimmy. But um, for him to do that and and just the the whole aura of our guy coming back. Right. The bummer was if anybody thought that this was going to be a old face bringing about a new era of Timberwolves basketball with a ton of talent, KG didn't have anything left in the tank. But the principle was nice. Interesting that you brought up Flip because he helped orchestrate that. Flip returning was a big deal too. Now, everything was cut short, obviously, by his passing, but Flip was brought in to rescue the franchise again because that's what he knew how to do. He kind of did, if you think about it. Even though he passed right away, look at the basis of this team that we have right, right now. Even, I mean, you, you take You talk about Towns. How did you get him there? Right. You, but you take the love to um, the guy that, that didn't really ever play hard within uh, Golden State now. Wiggins. Wiggins. You take love, you get Wiggins. You take Wiggins, you get Anthony uh, D- D'Angelo. Um, Russell? Russell. Thank okay. you. Um, and then um, then you go from him to uh, uh, Mike Conley, right? Right. And so even flips... Flips uh, reverberating through wild history. The Wolves. God, it's a long morning. Already. That was just word salad. <laughs> you should run for office because you said uh, a lot and said I, nothing I at all. Hold on. And by the end of it, everybody's correcting you. I'm going to get some additional so caffeine that was, here. That was right? like Iowa caucus debate type stuff. Lots of words. None of it was right. And everybody's fact checking it at the end. But the thing about Flip, I actually thought about him wow. last night because, again, these fourth quarter collapses by the Wolves reared its ugly head last evening. And we'll talk about that later. And this does need to be remedied for the Wolves. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now. But I thought, you know what? If Flip was around, somebody's consulting him right now about how do I fix this? Oh, 100%. You know, and, and Flip is the vice president of the Timberwolves at this point. Right. Uh, and no, I Can you I imagine agree. Flip and A-Rod being buddy-buddy? No. Flip and A-Rod. It sounded like I said Flip and A-Rod, which I'm sure I will say at some point. Although I could see him with the other guy. with the Lori? Yeah, I could see him with that guy. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I think Flip would be involved. I think that, I, honestly, I think Flip and Chris Finch would get along really well. Yeah, they, they kinda that's have what I mean. Same. Chris Finch would be consulting Flip about, hey, we're collapsing in the fourth twice a week now. How do I remedy this? But thinking thinking less about, about the Timberwolf front office is where my brain went, right? But like those two could be buddies, like at the bar on you right. know, with napkins, writing plays down. They kind of play the same game, you know, a free flow offense, and we better stop somebody. Absolutely. The other thing with KG, because that really is the return as we do Groundhog Day, as it applies to Minnesota sports teams professionally. KG's coming back a third time, I assume. Now, oh. obviously, he's not going to play at all, 
but I assume when Glenn Taylor exits stage right or left, just exit, please, and A-Rod and Mark Laurie take over, the KG retirement's going to come, and it's a matter of how big of a role does he want in this organization at that point. There's going to be a third era of KG, but at what level? Yeah, no, I think that you're right. I think they I hope should, so. I think they should let KG buy in, even if it's for, you know, here's your Green Bay Packers stock for $1,000. Um, but the the... The big thing is they need to put his number in the rafters. Right. Like that just like you can do that the first game next year, just plan the ceremony, right? Um, but he he is the Timberwolves for an entire generation. I think he might be the Timberwolves forever. Even if even if this team and beyond goes so much further than he ever did, which let's be honest, there's only one other round yep. you can go to that yep. KG didn't. Now yep. granted they did it once. So if this franchise starts to contend repeatedly, it might be different. But I feel like even if you're born today in, say, Boston, and you don't know either Bill Russell or Larry Bird, you do because yeah. that's that franchise. Yeah. There's going to be kids born 15, 20 years from now. If you're a Wolves fan, you're going to know who Kevin Garnett is. Might be yeah. mythical to you, but you're going to know. Right, and I think so we talk baseball all the time. I mean, he's going to be Ted Williams to a Boston Red Sox right. fan, right? Right, right. Uh, he's he's always going to be that guy. You know, one of one of the... Groundhog Day thing. I'm going to take it out of Minnesota real quick, and we'll bring it back. Um, but Magic Johnson was that way. You know, when Magic left, he left for a different reason. Right. Right. I was going to say, that return kind of was awe-striking for it, all of us for lots of reasons. Yeah, it was historic. Yes. Right? It wasn't yes. just coming back to the Lakers. It was coming back from this disease that was a death sentence right. when, when we first heard about it. And so, but that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about that person coming back and and how full of, you know, passion it, it brought you. And that was one of those. Well, and it kind of took you back to the good old days. So Groundhog Day, the movie, P.S. doesn't really do that. Some of the days are good. Some of the days are bad. By the way, if you want to watch Groundhog Day, buy a vehicle at Kohler because you can get yeah. a free 65-inch TV to take in Groundhog Day. If you're Yeah, if you're going to watch it, you may as well watch it. I was going to say, so we, we love all our sponsors, but if we're going to plug watching movies, the free TV sponsor is the way to go. Yeah. But we got to move here because we got 15 minutes to cover three other oh, sports. Yeah, all right, all right. So we covered the NBA. We really talked a lot about really only one. There are other teams in Minnesota that have a lot more than one. I think I want to go to the Twins because they have the most. I think we got to tackle that one quickly. Yeah, and I think, I think well, I, frankly, I think we came up with the idea because of Torrey Hunter. Right? Absolutely, we did. Um, Talk about Hunter being brought in back. to rescue a young franchise. Yep, 100%. He, he was brought back in the heart and soul of the heart and soul of the Twins and brought back by another twin who, who uh, came and left and came back, but he came back as a manager. Right, Mr. Paul Molitor. Yep. Who Molitor. may have been unceremoniously exited after that, asked to leave, if you will. But it's interesting because Torrey Hunter probably was brought back with the most to do as far as let's try to resurrect some winning around here. But there are a lot more famous and a lot more accomplished returns. They just might be a little more forgettable because time did this to them. Because Bert Blylevin was here, left, and came back. Oh, by the way, won a World Series when he came back. Yeah, and that's why he came back. Royce Molly was here. Left, came back. And oh, by well, the way, won a World Series. I believe on the same team. Right. But as far as a star-studded type of player, I think most people look at Tory, even though Burt's the Hall of Famer. Different yeah. impact. No, I, I agree. And Burt was not beloved when he left. No. Like, he was a jerk. The reason that they left is because, or the reason that he left is that he was just so difficult with finance. And this is a different generation, right? Right. But when players wanted more and more and more money... And the owners owned the newspapers, right? And so he was always painted as the bad guy. Looking back, it sounds like he may have been right about Calvin, right? right? But when he left, 
there was no love loss. So when he came back, it was like, oh, okay, it's, I guess it's good, Bert. But when Tory left, it was like, why is he leaving? Right. And then when he came back. How come back, he didn't take the hometown discount? And when he came back, it was a celebration. Yeah. Plus, he was productive. Not to say Bert wasn't. Bert won, you know, I want to say 15 games that World Series year. So he was a big deal. But again, different circumstances by which he left. The other thing with Bert, though, because we just talked about how generations of people are going to know KG or not, I think it's going to be mythical. There's a generation of people that only know Bert the broadcaster. Can we talk about all the twins that have come back to the booth? No, that would I take mean, too long. You Morneau, said we have 15 minutes. Ploof, Latroy, it's been yep. fun. Exactly. Glenn Perkins, you can't even forget about right. Glenn Perkins. He might be the best of the group. Analytically, I think he might be. Yeah, I, I know people like Morneau. He's so dry. Like Perkins has got more juice than Morneau. The most fun one to me, actually, Ploof is kind of the bomb. I really enjoy Trevor Ploof. He's great. The most fun one to me, because the broadcaster in me giggles, is Latroy. Yeah, I like Hawkins too. But there's no polish to him whatsoever because broadcasters start to realize when we're going to break, which we're going to need to do in about 10 minutes. And it's obvious to those of us that have been in the business that, you know, we're either crescendoing or decrescendoing to a commercial. And in baseball, it's really obvious. Every three outs, you're going to break. Latroy has no idea. He's still making a point of what happened two plays ago and they're rolling the commercial on him. I love it. Who do you think I've learned from? Right. Latroy. Yeah. The, um, but the, does that mean you're going to talk right through the break here soon? I always do. Don't perfect. Um, I usually talk before we come back. The thing about Latroy is that he sees the game the way I like to see the game. And so I do like listening to him. Although Jim Cott is another guy who came back as a, as an announcer and he might be the best color guy we've ever had. Right. That's a generational thing because I agree with you. But there are people hopefully listening that are 20 years younger that are going to can't stand it. Yeah, right. Because he was also 75. When On the game has changed. Time. The game has <laughs> changed. Every broadcaster does back in my day to a certain degree. Yeah. How far back was your day is the question. I, I heard somebody say that we were they were talking about Romo or uh, the Greg Olson and who should be the top broadcaster now that Brady's going to be there. And somebody said, well, you know, they said, well, you know, Brady, da, 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 da. And, so, and the person said well john madden did those kind of things and i'm like buddy <laughs> john madden was what everybody else wants to be you can't say well john right madden did that. well the thing with romo is i used to think he was very very good now i know some people that don't like the sound of his voice and i can relate to that because i don't like the sound of my own which might be awe striking to some people because i talk so much but the thing with romo is i thought he was excellent and i think a lot of people did and then word got out that he was excellent we always talk about somebody reading their own press clippings I feel like Tony Romo did that because he went from picking these great spots with these great takes to just talking all the time about nothing. Give it a rest. Dad used to say that Tony Romo would have been the perfect third guy in the Monday night football booth with um, with um, Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell. He'd have been perfect dandy Don Meredith. He'd have been the perfect dandy wow, Don Meredith. Wow, those guys together. Right. And well, you'd have had to Tony Romo in Dennis Miller's spot. (laughs) Yes. But it's it's the it's the original iteration iteration of the of the Monday Night Football booth that he would have been dandy Don. All right. So before this becomes a broadcaster topic, back to the Groundhog Day discussion. But it segues beautifully into football because there certainly were some Viking returns and some huge names to start. Even though he was back for a blink and helped end Brad Childress. Bad Brad. I like that. So we should maybe pay homage to him for that as well. But Randy Moss returned for a blink. I think people forget that, actually, that Moss came back because he had a career in the middle, but he also had a career after he left the second time, right? Um, I think that Moss could have been and probably should have been Torrey Hunter, right? Because I do think we celebrated when he came back, and then it ended so weird. 
Like the wheels just, we talk about the wheels falling off. Right. It's like the wheels just exploded. The wheels off. were never there. Right. It was just like, what in the world happened and why is he gone? But okay. It was neat that he got to catch one touchdown on a Monday night in New York from Favre. And it was like, that's that's all we brought you here that's for. A, yep. I'll go and away. I think he did win a home game against, ironically, Tony Romo. But that was about it. The the other guy that came back is Tarkington, right? Tarkington because, is the biggest one. Yeah. I have another quarterback that most people won't think of, but go ahead. I think the, I, Tarkington left. He he was here as a, as a young star. He left because they wouldn't pay him, and then he came back, and that's what the franchise needed. They needed a quarterback. Imagine the Vikings needed a quarterback to get to the next level. I don't know what that's like, but that's that's what it turned well, out to be. In a give work. it two months, and you will again. But, yes, that was sarcasm <laughs> because the Vikings have always needed a quarterback to provide some stability or better than that. Fran Tarkenton was obviously much better than that. The guy I'm going to bring up was stability and not much more, but because of what we had before him, wasn't that great. He was kind of a resurrection case a couple times. Gus Ferrat is never going to go down as a quarterback great at all. But he rescued this team a couple of times. Once to the point of contention, and I believe once to actually reaching the postseason. Now, when they did, they turned it back over to the late Tavares Jackson. But Gus Ferrat got him there. Yeah, Gus Ferrat's a great example of somebody who, who kept coming back who felt like a Viking. You know, I mean, when you think of Gus Farrat, I know some places will say he was a Ram, right? Right. But he was kind or wasn't of, he the Washington guy that rammed his head into the end zone after he scored? He played for a lot of teams. He, he did play for a lot of teams, but I, the, not exactly Fitzpatrick, but close. The uh, he was he kind of was a Viking. Like it's that way with Jeff George, and we'll talk about that in a second. You know, Jeff George always felt like this guy should be a Viking for life. Now, I mean, he was a toolbox to start, but by the time he got his stuff together, he was a Viking and always wanted to be. Absolutely. Now I have to bring up one of your favorite defensive Vikings because you loved Jerry Ball more than anybody I know. As far as I know, he had two different stints with the Vikings, as did Chris Dolman. So a D-line thing as well. Yeah, and, and the Vikings have always been known for, for their D-line. But yeah, Dolman's a great one. Again, somebody that just totally slipped my mind. But Jerry Ball was a difference maker. And, and he remember, this might be a little envy too because he was a star with Detroit Lions before we got him. And... um yeah, Jerry Jerry Ball was a was a wrecker. He was Pat Williams before Pat Williams. Right. So the Vikings have so many holes now. I asked you before the show, and we don't have time for it as an entirety, but I asked you before the show, do you want to add a category of who do you wish would return that maybe is still active now? Is the Vikings the team with which we should do that? We certainly could because there are some players that you could do that with, some guys that you didn't think you'd really miss who really you kind of miss. Right. Well, there's one guy that kind of falls into that category for me where I missed him, but I didn't because I don't know what he could have amounted to. And I think his career is now over and we still don't know. But I think Teddy Bridgewater could have had a spot here a couple of different times, albeit when we were stuck with Sean Mannion, maybe as example number one. I understand why he never came back because there was a fear that Kirk's looking over his shoulder and you don't want to make a seemingly anxious quarterback even more anxious and unstable. But don't you think Teddy Bridgewater is some sort of swan song when he was, you know, swimming around in the Carolinas and Detroits of the world to basically do next to nothing could have been here to oh, be somewhat impactful or to be the greatest agree. safety valve ever? No, I, I 100% agree. I really did want to see him see him back here. And the other thing is, is you know, Detroit, feel free to throw him out there in a game that really yeah. didn't matter for you. I know a lot of people love Dan Campbell, and we'll talk about him later with good and bad reason <laughs> today, but... That was one that baffled me. I know they had like a, what, 8% chance of getting the two seeds, so they played their regular guys during that final week. But 
there was a time where that game seemed in hand. At least let Teddy Bridgewater take a at snap least, or two. Yeah, at least let him on the field. Even if you let him do the final kneel down in front of hopefully some former teammates. I don't know how many Vikings were left from Teddy's era, but the sentiment was gone. Oh, the fans would have just gone bananas. Right. Dalvin Tomlinson. He's a guy that, you know, I did Anybody not think, who played nose tackle well. I, but I didn't think we were going to miss him. And, you know, we missed him as much as any player out there last year because there was a revolving door of guys that didn't do much. Uh, on that, and I mean, they tried to replace him with Davenport, who played all of four snaps, right? And um, so he was a he was a big one. But gosh, Teddy was in a situation that I, I just don't think he could have ever come back because I think the fans would have turned on Kirk Cousins hard. I was gonna say, have you noticed during the Kirk Cousins era that we've never really had a serviceable backup because yep. we don't want everybody chirping about they should be playing this guy instead. Everybody behind Kirk has been hot garbage, which we got a great glimpse of this past season. <laughs> we did. That's true. That's true. No, the the Vikings, you know, we talked about other guys. That, the guy that I always wanted to come back, do you remember Isaac Holt? Yeah. So Isaac Holt was the guy during the Herschel Walker trade that I couldn't believe they traded in that, right? Because he was the first six foot three inch, 215-pound right. cornerback who could run with Michael Irvin. Isaac Holt was also the guy that made me think that block punts were common. Because yeah. for him, they were. He was the guy I was like, someday they're going to get. Yeah. And then my dad would say, oh, yeah, well, someday Darren Nelson's coming back. Because I didn't like Darren Nelson, so we we would go back and forth. About well, if that. he came back, could he bring Anthony Carter and let Anthony make the catch this time? Yeah, exactly right. Could we go that direction? It's interesting because the Vikings have had a lot of, you know, Dan Barrero would love it. A lot of we didn't need him because they go somewhere and they, and they do just fine. But other times there are plenty of Vikings that – only made their hay with us. We talk about Jeff George almost every week. Yeah, no, he's he's the he's the right one in in that in that response. Um, there are so many interesting players that have come through Minnesota at all the sports, and you're like, well, when they leave Minnesota, they're not any right, good. right. And so that's that's kind of funny. You're right about that. Can I close with the easy low hanging fruit? Because we cut them right away with good reason. Because the only reason that a random game in Green Bay ended up a tie is because this kid couldn't kick. But this team can't kick, as in the Minnesota Vikings. So why didn't we make any sort of an effort to ever get Daniel Carlson back here? Yeah, no, the the head coach just that was could that could you point to that moment and say that was the beginning of the end of the Zimmer era? Now it didn't like crash in and hindsight, burn. I think you could. Right, yeah. right, right. In hindsight, it didn't crash and burn right after that, but that was the first moment that he seemed like maybe a little unhinged. Absolutely. Speaking of unhinged, I got that way trying to figure out hockey as it relates to this topic. So I've only left two minutes for it because when it comes to Groundhog Day hockey for Minnesota pro teams, we literally know one. that there's nothing to reference in terms of North Star's wild crossover. I had one North Star that I could think of because when we talk about this particular North Star, I think we talk about him in different eras. You talk about when the team selected him, and I talk about the one Stanley Cup Finals run they made in 91 against the Penguins, and it's Bobby Smith in both cases. It is Bobby Smith. Bobby Smith's probably the great underrated North Star of all time. You know, the, there's one guy that came close, and he fits both of our, our lines, and that's Madano. Like, we thought that the, the, the Wild were going to get him. We thought they would get him again. He went to uh, Detroit, I believe. Um, and then he did come back in a management role, and it was still like, hey, he came back. Madano's one of us again. And it was like, yeah, he's not playing anymore. Right, and when the Wild played Dallas, who's Madonna rooting for? Do we know that answer? Because you're yeah, not truly right. one of us unless you make the right answer. Right, and we don't know that. Absolutely. So we had some fun with the Groundhog Day topic. Again, Punxsutawney Phil looked for that shadow. Mother Nature turned around and said she's not there. Mother Nature, in terms of winter, 
has not been here either, and that's been just fine by me. You might notice a pattern with the music today. Let us know if you do. We are the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We talked to Dave Hoops, who's on the road yet again. Stick around. We will be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A little Oye Como Va, which translates directly to listen to how. Listen to how we do things here on the Northland Sports page. We couldn't do anything, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, if not for our great sponsors. Absolutely. Let's start with Bone Royal Bottle Shop. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, where you can, if you purchase a car, Brian, what can you get? You can get a free, what is it, 65-inch TV? 65 Size inch does matter. TV. Um, and so, as you said last week, and I'm going to try to push this for you still, if you need a car, but you don't need a TV. Think of the non-drivers in your life. Exactly You're listening correct. to one right now, but I'll pass it over to a man who drives quite a bit. Comfort drives me everywhere. <laughs> and drives crazy. His, and drives his wife nuts. Uh, Comfort Systems. Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance. Arola Architecture Studio, OAR Holdings, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, The Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater right downtown, and Tavern on the Hill, and Hoops Brewing. And uh, I left that one last, Brian, so you could add a little bit of spice to it. Absolutely. The easy way to do that is we talked about in the opening topic, Groundhog Day, and of course how the movie is basically the day on repeat and how different athletes have repeated portions of their career by returning here to Minnesota. Tell you what, a Groundhog Day experience for us is going to Dave Hoops, but there's nothing wrong with that. Another Groundhog Day experience for us, particularly in July's, has been Jay Hagan. We brought him up last weekend, actually. He chimed in. We forgot about Anthony Barr. I think there's a reason for that. You said, what was it, a dozen snaps? Right. That's that's a tough one. It really but he's is still very much correct. We 100%. did miss that one. Yep, we did. And we'll see if Dave Hoops has any. But the biggest return for us is every Saturday with Dave Hoops. He's on the road this week again, so where in the world is Dave Hoops? He's going to tell us. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, guys. I don't have any because I was just finishing a run, but I am staring at Lake Mendota right out my window, going to meet Finn after this, and there's about 20 of these, I don't know, they're sailboats on, on, on ice, you know, with blades. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called. There's a ton of them. They're just everywhere, which is amazing because it's 40 degrees here. I was going to say the early spring, thanks to the groundhog, it was early spring well before yesterday. I think we all knew that. Yeah, yeah. So we attended the Gophers game last night. Dave, you're going to love it. What a game, though. I mean, they were. It was fifteen thousand people in there. Overtime winner for the for the Gophers, unfortunately, but a heck of a good game. Two to one. The, the really Dodge fun. County kid, the one we watched yeah. play uh, Hermantown when Hermantown was sick. The entire, the yeah, entire I was going to say the, the COVID state tournament yep. that Hermantown's JV basically took him on. I think that was Brody Lamb, wasn't it? Yep, it was Brody Lamb. Look at me impressive. pulling out go for hockey players for you. Nice, very nice. Dave Cook yeah. sometimes is an influence. I try to duck those days, Influen- but not always. Influencer. Absolutely. Unless, unless you were listening to the first segment, then don't let me influence Well, anything. it depends on how you want him to influence you. If you want to be correct, you got to listen to certain things. If you want Dave Cook's influence, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but we were having a good time in the first segment. You're going to have a good time this weekend. Are you going to both games? Are you going again tonight? Uh, no, tonight I'm taking Finn and his roommates out for uh, dinner. 
Um, and then we're going to attend next month. We've got tickets for Wisconsin versus Iowa, uh, Illinois. That will be in a very serious game in the Big Ten. I was going to say, that'll be, six in the country. that'll be some good basketball. You are making oh. your way to Madison for multiple <laughs> sports. Dave Cook didn't follow the transition there. Yeah, he took was, a step back and looked at the He was very microphone. quizzical at the microphone going, when did the Fighting Illini get hockey? Fantastic. You're going to get a club game, Dave. That's going to be great. <laughs> that would have been excellent Ain't without a doubt. 15,000 people there. No question. But Dave Hoops having a good time in Madison. Now, the thing with the first segment is we talked about congratulations to everybody because you made it to February 3rd. And if you've seen Groundhog Day, the Bill Murray movie, you know that it's the day on repeat. So the good news is time marches on. But I want to talk about something you texted me earlier this week when you told me, hey, I'm going to be in Madison, but I can still do the show, etc." And you told me about you know the tickets that you do have, and pretty soon it'll be graduation time for Finn. And my response was, man, that flew by. Does time really seem to be marching turbo style for you right now? Because I couldn't believe that. I was still thinking to you know, one of my first years of calling hockey games, Finn was playing at East. I remember the night that everybody was scrambling to get Finn Hoops equipment at Heritage for a playoff game that was well away from Heritage. How did we get to college graduation being very, very soon for this guy? Well, there's two. I mean, Finn graduates in May and Daisy graduates my daughter from grad school in May. And what I found is the first, I don't know, high school years went were fun and then it was slow. And then after 40, it's gone like in, in just turbo space. It's, it's incredible. Um, you wake up and then it's already a month has passed. I, Dave, you know, and oh, yeah. Brian, you'll get there really quickly. Um, it is incredible, but I can't believe I got two kids graduating at the same time, which is uh, kind of exciting. So Dave, much. my father-in-law used to say it this way. Life is like a roll of toilet paper. It always seems to go faster the closer you get to the end. And, and that is true, right? Because the toilet paper, you're like, okay, we got only a quarter roll left. We better get another one ready to go. Wait, so but which relative of yours said this? My father-in-law. So he was very prepared for COVID with the toilet paper shortage. He he was. He was, uh, but he's right. You know, with toilet paper, it seems to fly by when you only got a little bit left. And, you know, as time goes on, yeah, it seems like things go faster as you get older. That wasn't the analogy I expected. I figured life was like toilet paper. Do with it what you can to keep it from being a pain in the you-know-where. <laughs> But Dave, oops, uh, one I wanna... more thing, quick, Go ahead. real quick. Sorry, and I because I didn't add anything to the beginning. I'm sorry, but of course I know uh, Groundhog Day. You know I know the lines, but you know let's just talk about how fast. I love the scene where he dresses up as Clint with the poncho, everything in the in the diner, and then we think about you know the real Clint, who's 93. You talk about fast. He's still making movies. It's it's insane. Um, right to your original point, it goes fast. Yeah, that's that's excellent. In fact, I watched the Netflix documentary that's the greatest night in pop music, and it's the making of We Are the World. And there are a lot of musicians that were in that song that have passed, but there are a lot of people that are still with us kind of around Clint's age. And the amount of stars, quote unquote, that continue to do things late in life is really, truly impressive. So if life is like toilet paper or not, I hope it lasts a long time. Get the big roll. <laughs> There you go. Get the multiply. Yeah, absolutely. That's at, how you need to do it, Brian. That's at the, the very trick. least. Spend a little bit of extra money, get the good stuff. All right. So, Dave Hoops, I was going to wait for a week to do Super Bowl predictions because we usually do it the day in front of the playoff game. Do you want to do a way too early prediction and, and have the uh, right to change your mind a week from today? Um, no, but I do want to talk about it briefly. I want to um, I want to percolate on this for another week, like you guys do. But there's a few things that we should consider about betting against Mahomes, which you know I've been doing. Um, you know he's the best against the spread. 
he's great on the road, even though we didn't know that. Um, you know, underdogs, you guys know this, have, have won in the Super Bowl lately. You know, Casey's an underdog. So I am not ready to make a, a prediction yet. And um, I know who I'm going to pick, but I would like to wait till next week if that's okay. I think that's perfectly fine because I'm curious in the span of a week if I'm going to change who I'm going to pick because I know this isn't necessarily what a lot of the general public wanted because, you know, the Ravens were a cool story and the Lions were a tremendous story. And instead we get two teams that have done a lot of winning already. But I'm of the belief that this should be a fantastic game. What direction it's going to go, I don't know. Love or hate the teams, I don't care. You got two great ones in the big game. Wow. I love it. I, yeah. I mean, you, sorry, Dave. I, I, I was yeah. going to say, I also Go liked ahead. my predictions last week being correct, but that's different. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked your correct. No, I didn't because I picked 100%. Because you went direction. over two. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that wasn't good. And, and this game is going to be tough to watch unless there's an injury or something weird. I'm picking a team and I don't have to change. Well, I think we're all waiting for is the halftime show now going to be Usher and Taylor Swift? Oh, 100%. Can I ask you guys a question? Then we'll go into Dave Cook's you know, great questions that he does with us each and every week for this segment. I'm to the point now where I can't decide the answer to this question, so I'm going to ask you guys. Are you more triggered by the amount of Taylor Swift that we're getting in each NFL game? Are you triggered by the people that complain about the amount we're getting? Or are you triggered by the people that argue back with the people that complain about the amount that we're getting? Because... Now the only thing I'm tired of is Taylor Swift still being an A topic, whether you're for it, against it, or whatever. Why isn't it possible to just not care? Taylor Swift is great. I don't have any problem with the amount that she's on TV. But why are people having a problem? And then why are people having to step up and say you shouldn't have a problem? Why can't we just let her be her? Listening to uh, an NFL draft podcast, and they went into this conversation, and one of the one of the hosts said they had done a little bit of research. And she was on the screen during the championship game for 13 seconds. Right. So who cares? Right? I mean, she's not, it's not like they're leading with her. And, you know, imagine how it is to be her. That's the thing that just amazes me is that nobody takes into consideration that maybe she she's really annoyed is, by this too. Yeah. Maybe she is just there to hang out and watch Travis play. But the interesting part to me is I've gone from, because I was guilty of this too, I've gone from getting up on a soapbox and saying, if you're triggered by seeing her, that's pretty pathetic. And there have been a lot of people that have gone the extra mile to say a lot more than that. But now I'm just as annoyed by everybody that's felt that they need to stick up for Taylor. Just just let it be. I yeah. feel like, forget Taylor Swift, let's go Paul McCartney on this. Just let it be. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think the people that are just catching on to football because of this are the ones that have the most voice on the media. I think that, honestly, I think that's the deal. Right. It's very interesting. So there's a lot of question there. Dave Hoops, what are your thoughts? Because... I do think it's a little bit of overkill, but nothing is overkill to the point where it's wrecking my day or wrecking my love of the sport. But at the same time, if I see another post telling me that it shouldn't wreck my day either, just just pump the brakes on the whole thing. Just just let it play out. They're a good couple. Let them be. You know, you guys make a bunch of great points. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I don't spend much time on social media. I think that she's a great story. I don't care if she's on or not. I, I think she brought more eyes to football. What yep. I care about is Travis played like a like a big boy in the last game. Amen. And um, his yeah, his relationship is his business. Whatever it is, there's it's overexposure to the ninth degree, but it doesn't bother me. I got yeah, I've got no strong opinions at all. That's kind of how I feel about the Super Bowl because I think both these teams are good. Both these teams have plenty of likable people for me. I don't think it's going to be a Super Bowl where I'm going to say, man, I really hope this team wins because I can't stand this team. I know you'll be different from me because I know, Dave Cook, you can't stand the Niners. 
But for me, this is, you know, there's the social media memes. If I just hope both teams have fun, I'm kind of in that ilk here. <laughs> Nothing's going to bother me about San Francisco winning. A lot of people I love in that organization. Nothing's going to bother me about the Chiefs winning. A lot of people I've grown to enjoy in that organization. I know a lot more fans of one team versus the other, but I don't think that's going to influence me. I'm good with whatever happens at this Super Bowl. I I want Kansas City to win, but I and and I should know better than to vote against Mahomes, right? But he has no weapons beyond Kelsey. Like his wide receivers, Brian, are bad. But we've said that for I know nineteen he, weeks now, and, and he keeps coming back. Right? That's I, I'm picking San Francisco because unless somebody really gets hurt, they have the better team. But I don't know how you pick against Mahomes at this point. Right. So I'm reserving the right, just like Dave Hoops, to wait for a week to make my prediction. But I predict that Dave Cook's got good questions for both of us today. So I have I have three. I think they're all interesting, but we're going to go with the first one. I don't know, uh, Dave, if you've had a chance to listen to any, any of the music today or read any of the Twins updates from last night. But the Twins signed Carlos Santana last night to play a little first base. Um, and Brian and I went through uh, his song so we could play a Carlos Santana day. I was going to say, listeners, if you haven't noticed the pattern and yeah. bump ins and outs, give us to the end of the show. You will by then. Somebody who is crazy underrated as an artist, right? So I want to ask you, gentlemen, who do you think are some of the most under currently underappreciated musicians out there? Underappreciated currently. Hmm, that's tough. Huh. I'll give yeah, you my example. I mean, it really depends. Yeah, please. I'll give you my example. Elvis Presley. Like when we were growing up, Elvis was not overrated. But okay, today, so the nobody artist even doesn't talks have, about him. So the artist doesn't have to be current. No, the currently appreciation what's the, yes. of being but at you, a low level has to be right, current. But you can't pick like the Knack who had one song in the 80s. Right, right. right so right. You got, it's got to be somebody that people know. Okay. Well, I mean, this this is a pretty random topic, and all these artists are still much loved. But first thought I have is Talking Heads, who are brilliant and beyond good, and they don't get a whole lot of play or talking about. The Go-Go's, Tom Petty, these are all relatively legendary bands, but we're not talking about them every single day. I'll just throw those three out. I could probably do it for a while though. That's a good question. Yeah. I was going to say, I think after hearing that I could do several as well. I'm going to do two and I'm pretty sure my mother's listening. So she's probably going to love this because she played music just about every morning, especially on the weekends. And it was kind of what I woke up to at times, depending upon what her, you know, CD du jour was to take you back. That's a compact disc for anybody who's too young to even know what that is. But I'm going to say three dog night because Uh I searched their music library this week just to put on while I was working and great song after great song after great song. And then another one that I think has great song after great song after great song. And you guys might laugh at me. I got an email that tickets for his last hurrah in August go on sale next week. Barry Manilow. Yeah, I, I had the Barry Manilow album when I was a kid, too. The, the live one where he's saying the Dr. Pepper song right? and whatever. The VSM. Yeah. Very strange medley. Absolutely. No, there's, I think that as we get older, some of the stuff that, that we used to think were really all that, and we could name every song, they're not even... like I don't know if Van Halen's going to be remembered all that well besides the guitar player, right? Right. Or just for being kind of loud. But I'll and tell jump. you this. The people that I picked, they were old when I was a kid, so they're really old now. Yeah, that's that's 100% correct. Like Frank Sinatra was one that came to mind. Sure. Nobody, nobody talks about Frank anymore. It used to be Elvis and Frank, and that was the end of the discussion. Right. All right. So uh, I woke up this morning, and uh, I, Dana walks into the room, and she goes, don't freak out. And I was like, that's a terrible way to start that's a conversation. That's a tough way to begin your day. And she pulls off a rag from her head, and she had hit herself in the head with a hammer. 
because um, she is doing some work downstairs, right? And so she's going to have a fan- rather be a hammer than a nail. She's going to have a fantastic scar. So here's my question: um, What's your what's your braggy injury? What's the uh, what's the one that you consider epic? What scar do you have, and what's the story behind it? And I'll give you mine because I'll let you guys think for a second. All right, I have a, about a two inch scar on my chin. Uh, we were in hockey practice, and my coach was tired of me missing the net, and uh, I shot high. And he said, "All right, I, it's push ups every time." And so, about the fifteenth time I missed high, I didn't put my hands out. Uh, and so we went from standing to bleeding all over the ice because I just hit chin on the ice. I've got this fantastic scar and a really bizarre sco- story to go with it. Wow. I don't know if I can compete with that. I've, I've got one, but Dave Hoops, I'll give you the floor first. Oh, that's, this is fun. It's like comparing like the Jaws you know, comparisons during the movie. It's beautiful. But nice question, Dave. So mine is, um, if you guys see me closely, I've got a – Nice two and a half inch scar on my cheek. Now I have a beard, of course, but it, no hair grows there. And when I was younger, my neighbor was building a two story garage, and me and my friend were riding our bikes around. And he called my name. I rode right off the side, and I landed on a pile of a concrete block, and uh, you know tore my cheek open pretty good. And to this day, there's a nice scar there. If I was clean shaven, it would really stand out. But it's it's a good one, for sure. All right, so because radio is not a visual medium, I'm not sure that I can spell this out properly. I've got a lot of scars from surgical procedures associated with my cerebral palsy, but Dave said braggy injury. I'm not sure I brag about that piece. But during the rehab portions of my surgeries, I had a walker, much like you did, what, a week ago? How long ago did you have your walker? Two weeks. How do you feel without it? Uh, well, my, uh, I had a setback, but that's not something we're going to talk about. All right. Fair enough. That sounds like during the break, perhaps. But so what I would do with my walker, because my upper body was very strong is I would use it like an Olympic gymnast. I would go into handstands. I would use it like a vault, use it like a pommel horse kind of thing. And I was doing that to impress a girl somewhere between ninth and 10th grade. Well, my house as a kid, when you walk in was split level, if you went straight, you were on the second floor. Or you could go down the stairs right away to the basement. So it basically created like an L. Well, I did a handstand right at the top of said L, right at the vertex, if you will, right at the corner on the second floor. But I had gotten my casts off. So all of a sudden my legs were about 15 pounds lighter than they were all summer long. So instead of going into that handstand and coming down on my feet, I flipped over the walker and flipped from the second floor down to the first. Oh, My parents had guests over, and instead of hearing me come down the stairs step by step, all of a sudden all they heard was, shoom, and I fell into the wall. And I had a scar on my forehead I bet you from did. basically hitting my head on the railing. And most people were coming over to see me to see how the rehab from my hamstring surgery was going, and suddenly were looking at my forehead going, what the hell is that? So I, I still tell this girl who I'm great friends with, and she had a birthday actually earlier this week, that I literally flipped Head over heels for her, and I still got nowhere. So it is oh what it is. Gosh. Okay, so Dave, that's that's a pretty good story. Like that's a pretty good story. All I right. hope you can picture it because it's it's really it's as awkward as you think it is. Yes, you're correct. So final question, I think it's a pretty quick one. All right, so we talked, uh, Dave, about twins that came back. Right. I would like to know when you were when you were as a fan, who is the guy? Because Carlos Santana might have fit this for me. Who is the guy? That you always thought, man, that guy would be a great twin. I think Jim Tomey was one of those guys, right? Yeah. You watch him play, and you're like, oh, man, I could see him playing for us. 
tell me about a guy that you thought that of who never really came to play. Well, you know, you got to remember, I'm a pretty big Giants fan, and I always thought Will Clark belonged on the Twins. I was waiting for Will. Not going to happen. Yeah. Well, of course, that's obvious, right? I mean, boom. End of story. There's my answer. <laughs> that's pretty good. I got a couple. So I think of second baseman kind of being a, a gaping hole. There was the Chuck Knobloch era, and then not a lot for a while. I really liked Brian Roberts, and I just kind of oh, thought yeah. he could be the type of player that could play for us at some point. Full disclosure, I used to think Trevor Bauer. Now I'm not going to bring that up at all because he redefined scumbag. But Cleveland had a lot of good pitchers for a good amount of time. And I always thought, well, the Twins aren't going to get in a bidding war for pitcher one or pitcher two. Trevor Bauer was pitcher three. And I thought he'll end up here and we'll ask him to be an ace because that's what we do. And, and he won't be. And end of story. The other guy for me, just because I loved his swing and I loved his work ethic. And I just think he was a professional hitter. Michael Brantley was never a star on the teams he was on. He was just always consistent. He'd have been a star here. The the two guys that I have is also a San Francisco first baseman, but it was pre-Will Clark, and that's Jack Clark. Like, Jack Clark, as a power hitter, always was a guy that I said, oh, man, it would be so much fun if he was here. But the pitcher, Brian, I'm going to go in the wayback machine. The pitcher is Ben McDonald. Oh, yeah. Ben McDonald, the big six-foot-seven-inch guy who could do – I believe he was number one overall pick. Um, and, Another Oriole. Yes. We have and, an Oriole fetish, it and, seems. Brian Roberts, Oreo, too. An Oriole and Brewer, right? Yes. But uh, he could do everything but throw strikes consistently. And then he got hurt. And, and But I always thought that guy, because he was big as a house, um, kind of struck you as a Paul Bunyan kind of guy, that uh, he would have been a great twin. Absolutely. So the theme of the day has been returns. I've made many happy returns to Hoops Brewing as we close it out as you're on the road this weekend. The brewery obviously is alive and kicking. Give everybody the great reasons to stop by there. Well, thanks, guys. So, brand new batch of Killer Pilsner. Really, really nice, easy drinker. Um, I mentioned last week we have raspberry and, uh, of course, blueberry pale and guava, but we have cherry stout coming, which is going to be just great. Not quite as like cherry ale, but cherry stout, like black cherry stout. It's really good. And then don't miss cold front today. It's not cold, but it's going to be nice out there. And then we've got a big after party and we'll be giving away a lot of stuff next week for the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that next Saturday. Outstanding. So, I really appreciate that. so you mentioned cold yeah. front. I told you to just call it front because, as you said, it hasn't been cold, but that's at Bayfront, correct? Yeah, all day. And then, like I said, we're having an after party. We're doing a free giveaways for beer. And if you go to cold front, you get a free coupon for beer. So have fun out there today in the beautiful February weather of ours. Without question, Dave Hoops. One more thing about Bayfront because I got this in my email yesterday. Tickets go on sale next week for the greatest Bayfront festival every year. All pints in July has already been announced. That's exciting. Yeah, we're all signed up for it, ready to go, and we will also be um, hosting some special stuff around that. So we're excited. July, can't wait. I was going to say, no problem <laughs> thinking about summer already because Mother Nature is letting us have a good one. Safe travels back home. We'll talk next Saturday. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Absolutely. You as well. That's our guy, Dave Hoops. We're going to play buy or sell next. We'll buy whatever Dave Hoops is selling every week. Stick around. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
There's no change in our evil ways when it comes to buy or sell. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Here's how the game works. I'm going to give a statement for each of the four major sports leagues. If Dave agrees, he's going to say buy and tell me why. If he disagrees, he's going to say sell and tell me why. He's got two major responsibilities. His hot takes and naming the league, not the team. Mr. Oh, yes. Dave Cook. All right, so let's go. Let's go with the one that's currently on break. Let's go with the National Hockey League. All right, perfect segue because the break is actually my topic. Load management has been a big deal in the NBA, and it's been frowned upon. It's been justified depending upon which side you fall on, what have you. The NHL has built-in bye weeks for teams, and then they have their pause in February that we're on right now. So buy or sell that you prefer that format versus teams exercising load management. Oh, that's a different way. I didn't think you were going to ask the question that way. That's a great question. Thank you. He needs a beverage to try to justify this. He's thinking courtesy of Coca-Cola. He, he really is thinking. I, I think that I like it better with the prescribed week off. Because load management really impacts the uh, fans who pay money to come. I mean, you never see guys like uh, Shake Milton getting load management days, right? So right. Pe- people pay load to see stars. Load management is the upper echelon, and that's it. Uh, people come to see stars, and they pay to see stars. And if those stars aren't going to play, I mean, that impacts the fans, right? So give me scheduled, give me a scheduled day off for the team versus uh, a random Thursday game. Yep, where the stars aren't playing. Oh. So I absolutely agree with you. I'm going to prefer that format as well. Just to not repeat everything you just said, I'll take it a slightly different direction. And it'll sound like a shot at the NHL, and maybe it is. But the NHL is the only league that I'm aware of among the big four that rewards you for losing. Now, granted, it's an overtime loss, (laughs) but, but you get a point for doing your darndest to get to the extra session and then losing. So if you're already doing that, I don't think you can have load management be a thing and have teams racking up points because star players are out. I agree with you more so for, you know, ticket holders, fans, if you're going to pay full price, you know, hopefully you see the full boat. Injuries are injuries, but load management is not exactly injuries. But I'll go another direction. If you're going to reward people for losing like the NHL does, you better schedule bye weeks as well. I am. I just, the the argument that I think is the greatest is if you don't think it impacts fans, go ahead and put on the billboard ahead of time, Kawhi Leonard's not going to play tonight and see how how, uh, ticket sales are. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. If they had a marquee like movie theaters and yeah. said, so-and-so is out tonight. Now, granted, in these days of technology and social media and different sports outlets, you can find it anyway. Yeah. But can you imagine if it was at the front entrance, how many people said, well, we'll make other plans. We'll figure something else out, yeah. It would be interesting for Minnesota in particular because their teams are called Minnesota. It's not called Minneapolis. It's not called St. Paul. I wonder if the only fans you would have would be the folks that had to drive two hours plus to come down and say, well, we're already here. We're going. Well, there's that too. That's the other part that stinks though. If you're, if you're a basketball fan and you come down to watch the Clippers play and you get down there with your kids because you promised them and Kawhi and George are both sitting out for maintenance. Yeah. And how many times did you and I talk about this as chronic baseball attendees who went on Sundays and went, oh, yeah, it's but that we, lineup. But if you go on Sundays, I know, you, you have to know. For it. Yep. yep that's exactly it. Load uh, management is different when it comes to baseball. What league would you like to play in next? All right. Let's let's go to the other winter sport. Uh, let's go to the National Basketball Association. All right, so the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves are having one of their better seasons in a long time. You said in the opening segment of our winter sports teams, professionally in action, they're the ones that are cool right now. But they're also frustrating recently. They blew one against the Hornets, blew one against the Spurs, blew one against the Magic last night. These are not good teams that they're losing to. And this is very Timberwolves-like of previous years 
not so much what we think this team is. So buy or sell, you've lost a little faith recently in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Buy. Um, it's, they're just making... So last year was this was their issue too, right? They 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 were under five hundred against under five hundred basketball right. teams, and that cost them spots. It's just like they against these. I'm gonna call them bottom feet bottom feeders, and that's not fair because not all of them are. But the teams that they should beat, um, it's like they go into vapor lock mode. You know, we talk about it in in Division three sports. You know, there's the, the winner, freak out moment. The winner is the one that doesn't have freak out moments. Right. And the Timberwolves seem to have freak out moments for the against, whole fourth quarter. Yes. Or or even like we were talking about last night, Jade McDaniels does something they learned not to do when he was four. You know, fall with that amount of time left after you left all this time run out. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. Right. I'm going to buy as well, but I'm going to use a line from Goodwill Hunting since we've been talking about movies for most of the day. It's not your fault because the Timberwolves have done some things that would cause you to lose faith or lose trust in them right now blowing these games against lesser teams, but it's reputation. It's the fact that we're just not used to this. Right. Of the four teams, this team in a long, long time, 20 years, has never been this good. So again, it's waiting for that other shoe to drop, and and you kind of say, well, the Timberwolves are being reminded that they're the Timberwolves, or they're reminding us that they're the Timberwolves. So I've lost some trust, but it wasn't going to be that hard to do it because this is a team that you just don't expect anything from, but now you're starting to. So it's a little bit disappointing. No, I agree. Let's let's go to uh, Major League Baseball. We'll finish with the game. So. All right, Major League Baseball. We're going to talk to Nick Nelson of Twins Daily about halfway through this 11 o'clock hour that is just starting now. We're slightly behind schedule. but So Jorge Polanco has been dealt by the Twins. The question for the offseason among the biggest names were would Polanco get traded? Yes. So the one left is buy or sell Max Kepler gets moved too. I'd love to say buy. Uh, at this point, I'm going to say sell. Um, because what you hear um, when you're listening is that they're going to look for a fourth, another outfielder, you know, and and Duvall is the name that's Adam Duvall is right. the name that's being thrown around. But I mean, if you're looking to buy an outfielder, I don't know why you would trade the outfielder. And so that's I I I'm firmly believe that Polanco should have stayed out of those two because I I'm not a Kepler guy at all. Right. But the um. I just I think they're going they're going with them. All right. So these topics, I hope, have been good, but the banter maybe hasn't because we're in agreement again. I'm going to sell. Kepler isn't going to get moved. My reason is going to be a little bit different, and I don't feel the same as you on Polanco versus Kepler. I would have kept Kepler, which it looks like that's what the Twins are going to do, partly based on the second half, but mostly based on heir apparent's not being there. Second base, the Twins have a couple beyond Jorge Polanco, which made this move make sense. If you deal Kepler, you've got a hole in the outfield. You already talked about they're looking to buy a fourth one. That means Kepler is your third one. If he's not, it means Trevor Larnick has to be otherworldly. And I'm not sure if they make any kind of major move still if Trevor Larnick is going somewhere else. Yeah, you're you're 100% right about that. I just, you know, people get so frustrated with Miguel Sano. And yet and Miguel, Max Kepler's numbers are worse, worse in some cases. Yeah, and so that's always frustrated me. All right, so the NFL, I wish we would have had more time for this, but time management on this show has never been my forte. Buy or sell that you blame Dan Campbell for Detroit's loss to the 49ers last weekend? I I am going to buy on discount, yes. So I, I, I think that he may not have been the reason, but he exacerbated the problems by by not doing the logical football stuff and trying to be cute, and cute bit him in the butt. And, you know, did 
players still have to make plays, Brian, and and they didn't. But Dan Campbell put him in a bad spot. 100% agree. So, again, this has been bad radio in terms of being on opposite sides of things. But I will take the opposite side of the answer. I'm going to sell that I don't blame him. Now, he did ridiculously reckless, but I'll go with stupid as an S word instead. But I'm selling the blame part because this is the this is the Dan Campbell. Yes, thank you. That's yes. the one I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But so thinking of Dan Campbell, I'm going, this is the thing that got him there. And I never liked that to begin with. I was waiting for Dan Campbell to Dan Campbell. And I just thought, you know, this is just awful. And I was waiting for it to bite him, and it finally did. So should he be blamed? Yes. But then he should be, quote, unquote, blamed for all the games he won because he coaches them the same way. I think they did, though. I think it was Dan Campbell's bravado comes through. You know, when they beat Kansas City right away, it was because Dan Campbell flexed a little bit. Um, Well, that's the flips. You and I have talked about it all year long. Emotional coaches, when stuff goes great, are fantastic. And when stuff goes sideways, are often the cause. And that's what we're looking at. Absolutely. So that'll do it for our number one. Dan Campbell, there's no question that he loves the game of football, but he can't love it again, at least in person, until next year with his Lions. Stick around. Guest heavy. Hour number two. We will be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.